0: Someday we should just put, we should record mic checks and just put them on.
1: And on that note, welcome to another episode of Chillin' in the Statehouse. Yes. I am Andrew Ball, one half of the Topeka Capital Journal's state government and politics team. I am joined by Jason Tidd, my compadre in the Statehouse basement as it is. How are you, Jason?
2: Doing well, Andrew. How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good. It's Friday, so we, we made it.
2: <laughs> and, and we are with John Hanna of the Associated Press, who has chilled down from yesterday.
0: Yes, yes, yes. We did get in a chorus of uh, that Beatles song, although we couldn't remember all the words. I mean, I think We're yesterday, doing yesterday was
1: basically the only lyric that you guys remembered. Yes.
0: <laughs> Uh, Although you did hit some impressive high falsetto notes there, Andrew. John, that is why
1: we are an award-winning podcast. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, and uh,
2: the real reason we are award-winning is because we don't make you, dear listener, <laughs> listen to our rendition of The Beatles yesterday.
0: Yes, we, we, we've we won both the Kansas Press Association Podcast of the Year Award, as well as I think you're up for a Grammy, Andrew.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm going to be pretty far down the rankings on that one.
0: You and Beyonce may be in the same category.
1: If you are like it, then you should put a ring on it. Yep, exactly. Uh should we get, should we get down to the actual news what people probably
0: listen to the podcast? Put, for? Speaking of putting a ring on it, the governor blocked uh, a legal settlement yesterday. A small legal settlement. What would have put a ring? No on, sense. <laughs> it would have put a ring on the case and ended okay, it. So there we to go. speak,
1: yeah. metaphorically. S- sorry, say that again, because I I was laughing at you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Not an infrequent occurrence. I said it would have put a ring
1: on the case. It would have ended the case. And John and Jason, whoever wants to take this, what was the case? It was a lawsuit
0: filed in Sedgwick County District Court in Wichita in December of 2020 by Omega Boot Camps and its owner uh, over... Their financial losses during the shutdown, the five-week shutdown of most businesses earlier in that year, I think in March and April, and then restrictions on businesses after that, and... Um, and that lawsuit has been pending all this time there was a motion to dismiss in filed by the state in october 2021 the judge has not yet ruled on that motion and so things are kind of on have been on hold
2: while that's being but, decided and, and, and what happened this week was the attorney general's office which represents the state in this case, came before the State Finance Council. It's a group of top Republicans and Democrats from the legislature, plus the governor. The attorney general needed the approval of the State Finance Council to Agree to the settlement uh, for roughly four thousand three hundred dollars. And-
0: four thousand three hundred and five dollars and forty six cents. And real quick, I think which missed the the owner said represented the rent he had to pay while he was shut down. One of his attorneys said something like, "All the dude wanted was
1: his rent back." And we, should Jason, what is the State Finance Council? We maybe talked about it in the early early days of chilling in the State House, but refresh our memories.
2: Well, it's uh, the Senate president, House speaker, uh, majority and minority leaders of both chambers, and then I believe the budget chairs. Yes. Uh, So six Republicans, two Democrats, and then the governor, who is also a Democrat, is on there, and she has veto power.
0: Right. It has uh, uh, to—a resolution— To settle a case and make a payout, has to get a majority of the legislators on the finance council and also the governor. And And she said
1: no. Yeah, and and it was kind of an interesting Mm. non meeting. Yeah. Well, first off, I mean, maybe we should talk about the transparency aspect or lack thereof. Or lack thereof. You're going to get me revved up, Andy. I I will. well,
2: Well, prior to the meeting, Uh, John, you sent an email to the people involved asking them to To each
0: of the leaders and two members of the governor's staff.
2: Yeah, asking them to at least have as much of the discussion as possible in public, and you sent the email because this was a virtual meeting, so there was no opportunity... Right, so that
0: I couldn't stand up and and make my request slash protest. As you have
2: done... On two different pieces of Mega Project. Uh, yes, secret indeed.
0: And in the past, on some of these settlements. Um,
2: well, what is
1: it, it's strange to me is some of the settlements will be discussed in public, and others will not be, and there appears to be no rhyme or reason for why. Well, it's,
0: I mean, what it comes down to is it's how much they want to discuss in public. Look, the usual, the usual argument here is that they don't want to discuss details in public because they're concerned about waiving uh, attorney-client privilege. In other words, divulging something that was that their attorney the attorney general's office told them and that then if they disclose that information uh it can be used in court but in this case and this happens across administrations of different political persuasions in this case they didn't even talk about the total amount of the settlement they didn't talk about the case at all in public i mean The governor even cut off House Minority Leader Vic Miller, a Topeka Democrat, when he suggested they just have the case summarized in public so that anybody watching live or later could understand what led to the settlement. And she just cut him off and said, no, we're just going to go into executive session. And then afterwards, Democrats, after the vote, Democrats immediately moved to adjourn. And as Rick Billinger was saying, wait a minute, uh, he noted that she called this meeting and then voted no. And he didn't understand that. And she basically said, well, after we're done adjourning, we can discuss it in private, out of public view. And then her spokesperson issued a statement saying she didn't think it was in the best interest of the state without saying why.
1: So, and, and didn't say anything during the meeting. No, she manifest.
0: said nothing during the meeting. Um, and so if you were just watching online and reading the statements, you have no idea the specific reason the governor blocked this
2: small settlement. And if it weren't for Representative Miller, not Senator, as he was referred to in the meeting, uh, even the like minimal understanding of what they were about to discuss wouldn't have uh, not mentioned at all on the media. no and
0: this happens this happens on a fair it has happened on a fairly regular basis over the years and we eventually saw a text of the proposed resolution and there was nothing in it that seemed like it would have divulged something between the attorney and the client
1: there were no state secrets there was no you know, instructions on how to get into the guard barracks at 29th and Topeka. Nothing nothing of that sort. And the Attorney General's office... No recipes for free cupcakes or anything Ooh. like and, and that. It, that. That, I think, the Attorney General should put in his next the, And the resolution. Attorney General's
2: office didn't explain why they were seeking this settlement. Yeah. The resolution, which eventually became uh, public, just... I, I, we don't know if it was boilerplate language or not, but it said, uh, the requested action is the result of an unforeseeable occurrence whatever that means well is the unforeseeable occurrence the pandemic which
0: you know um it started in china months before and hit the west coast i mean anybody with i mean that was that was hardly unforeseen was it the idea that somebody would sue a business would
2: sue over being uh shut down how is that unforeseen And it also said, the action will assist the attorney general in attaining an objective which bears a valid relationship to the powers and functions of his office.
0: Yeah, which objective? Making this case go away, that's an objective? Simplifying the state's legal position? What? What is the objective? Still haven't heard. We really did get John revved up, didn't we? Well, look, I want to be measured in what I say here, but but this is a consistent issue with the finance council um and to be
1: fair the legislature in general there are
0: there are things the legislature does that are not that cut against transparency but in this specific instance you tend to get the agenda uh, the day before, or maybe a couple it, days and they before, didn't even
2: do everything on the agenda. Two of the items got scrapped.
0: Sure, and you just get the barest of details. There's no supplemental material, and this meeting was held by Zoom so that nobody outside, really, the lawmakers or the people called upon to speak in the attorney general's office, anybody members of the public if members of the public had a question generally at these meetings they don't get to ask
2: them and the live stream cut out so we didn't even get to see them they they did follow the proper procedure of reconvening at the yeah. scheduled time and going back into executive session but we didn't get to see that happen
0: yeah so it was it was uh it, it, it was a bit frustrating Um, In terms of trying, I mean, it's not about making our jobs as reporters easier. It's about the public being able to follow what's going on, and a large segment of the public will rely upon us to, by reading our stories, to understand what went on. Um, Well, and you and if they watch. If they want,
1: yeah. I mean, you both turned stories off of this. So, you know, I mean, you were able to do your job and you both, because you're good yes, reporters, got, but again, the, got the
0: agreement. I, st- I, I still don't know specifically why the governor blocked this. I know she didn't think it was in the state's best interest, but she hasn't said why it wasn't in the state's best interest. So if a reader calls me up and asks me why, I can't tell them.
1: Well, John, I mean, has this been a problem? I mean, how far back has this really been an issue with State Finance Council? Because it seems like in recent years, settlements, this is not really the case, but there's been a move to endow the SFC with more and more powers during the pandemic we saw some of this with terms of renewing emergency declarations I-
0: this this has been a consistent issue since i have covered state government so going back to the jurassic age okay and and it, it it's you know it's What's interesting is, I, for some reason, I was looking at New Hampshire as part of some reporting, and New Hampshire has something like the Finance Council, but it's called the Governor's Executive Council, and I think it's six members, and they're elected. They're elected in member districts in, like, you know, elections. Um, and so part of the issue here is you've got the governor who's been elected who leads this thing and these legislative leaders who are on it by virtue of their positions they're all elected officials but then this board gets together and doesn't sometimes just doesn't give out a lot of information about why it's doing what it's doing
2: and all right not to uh bore people with transparency talk or to uh, well they shouldn't be
0: people should not be bored about transparency okay because if the government is doing something you don't like the lack of transparency makes it harder for you to find out who's responsible and why they're doing it and, you know, maybe if you knew why they were doing it, you would you would change your position and agree. Maybe you'd be angrier. Who knows? But the whole point is, all of this makes it harder for the people, the citizens, the residents of the state, who are in fact in charge, to find out what their servants are are doing and these settlements always involve allegations of misdeeds, omissions, negligence on the part of a state agency or state employees and and so there are allegations of bad conduct, things that shouldn't have happened and the state is paying out money to make these cases go away, with and taxpayer, it's hard with, with taxpayer, taxpayer money. And it's just hard to find out what's going on. I, I mean, I, I told you I was going to get revved yeah. up. Well,
1: well, so not chilling uh, in the not chilling in the state <laughs> house today.
2: To to give basically a high level argument or uh, of the Republican Democratic perspectives on this. Yes, the Republicans their view was basically this business got screwed by pandemic lockdowns they are owed this money and the right. state
1: and the state never set up an effective means of compensating business owners who had their business shut down yeah. right there it, is there is a small
0: property tax refund there is a 50 million dollar property tax refund program but The Department of Revenue says it is approved 23 applications worth a little more than about more than $22,000. That's a little less than $1,000 per business. Well, if you were shut down for five weeks, $1,000 per business ain't going to cut it.
2: And the Democratic perspective, or at least Vic Miller's Miller's perspective, who spoke with us afterward, uh, was that... He views this as a meritless lawsuit based right. on his reading of the law, and uh, by settling this lawsuit, you invite more merit lo- meritless right. you lawsuits. You
0: basically set yourself up to be extorted legally. That was his argument.
1: And I mean, he, didn't he make the argument that he thinks the judge will he dismiss should.
0: that yeah, case? He actually, right. And the, one of the attorneys for the, the business and its owner, Ryan Kriegshauser, uh, said that, well, this judge has been struggling with the issue of whether to let this case go forward for more than 18 months. And so his argument was, of course there's merit to this lawsuit, or otherwise this would have been a fairly quick dismissal. We will, we will find out, obviously... If this case gets to trial and the state has to spend thousands and thousands of dollars defending its position, Republicans are probably going to make an issue of that. I can't imagine they wouldn't, right
2: well, if the judge doesn't dismiss it, the attorney yeah. general could try another settlement attempt but then at w- I perhaps mean,
1: offering more money this time,
0: yeah, I mean, and then and then. You know, then the Republicans would say we had our opportunity to get out of this more more cheaply and you the governor didn't take it. But, of course, if the case gets dismissed. I mean, if it gets dismissed, it may go on appeal to the the Kansas Supreme Court. And, you know, however many more months from now, we'll find out, you
1: know, what how that court feels about the law and what it says. Well, Kelly's veto of this settlement was not the only thing she vetoed in the last couple of Indeed. days. Jason, she also vetoed a pretty hefty tax bill with a uh, dozen provisions in it. Can you can you run us yeah. down the well, highlights?
2: Well, so you you transitioned through vetoes. Another option could have been that uh, the this uh, legal settlement would have been for a Wichita gym, and this tax cut bill would have primarily benefited a different Wichita gym, uh, Genesis Health Clubs, the uh, big uh, chain of. Now, health clubs in kansas uh has long sought a uh a tax break because it sees itself as competing against government and nonprofits. and mainly
0: the ymca and ywca right mm-hmm.
2: and uh i mean they've been trying to get this kind of tax break for longer oh, than i've been here yeah de- uh, at least a decade maybe longer yeah and they didn't publicly lobby for it this time but democrats uh labeled this tax break as one to benefit genesis and the governor had told us before uh today that she planned to veto the bill referring it to the one as the genesis tax well
0: and and what's interesting is you know i i'm reminded of the fable of the blind men uh around the elephant touching the elephant and each coming up with a completely different description of the elephant based on whether they were touching the ear or the trunk or the leg or the tail and and of course what I'm kind of what that bill also had was the uh 10 million dollars a year in income tax credit for donors to anti-abortion centers that provide free counseling supplies classes and other services to dis- to discourage people from having uh, people uh, pregnant women and girls from having uh, abortions, and so that was in there. The adoption tax credit, uh, a tax, uh, an expanded tax credit for adoption expenses, was in there. There was a, there was an expansion of a credit for purchases from uh, businesses that employ the disabled. In there, after they worked out questions about you know subminimum wage. For those employees, there's a lot of property tax okay, so changes um, in there.
2: Net operating loss subtraction modification. Uh, Ooh, sexy.
0: The I, you know that this is like accountant porn, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> the, the, Can we say those words
1: together on air?
0: No, real. I guess not because accountants and porn just don't
1: go together, right? <laughs> I don't know. I suspect if you Google those two words, yeah, you, yeah, you really you know what? you're going to need to. You're, gonna need you're to clear probably your search right. There's after. probably
0: some somebody that's their thing. Is is accountants and porn? Yeah, and, yes.
2: and uh, the, there was a manufacturer sales tax. I man manufacturer coupon sales tax uh, piece. Uh, And one that I found uniquely interesting was the agritourism uh, tax classification, uh, uh, primarily affecting like a winery and if they are classified as agricultural. That that would
0: play where you grew up, right?
2: Well, I don't know of any wineries in Iola. Uh, I think a Johnson County one was the primary.
0: Yeah, actually... um... My ex-wife had an uncle who had a winery uh, between here and Wamego
2: yeah, off on K- Highway
0: 4. Kansas
1: wine was such a big thing, but there are an awful lot of wineries yeah. in eastern Kansas. And, and
2: didn't uh, former Governor Kathleen Sebelius get in trouble once for uh, criticizing Kansas wineries?
0: I vaguely remember that,
2: but well, yeah. That was also before my time.
0: Yes. Uh, Anyway, yes, there is there is a actually before prohibition, and we're talking eighteen eighty one folks in Kansas, there was a quite a robust Kansas wine industry, and of course the state's prohibition amendment put an end to
2: that. Yeah,
1: I, I could imagine that not going over real well.
2: But it, so. so we have Senate Bill eight and Senate Bill one sixty nine, two bundles of tax cuts probably two dozen tax policies between the bills. The governor vetoed both. Uh, and that combined, it was roughly $1.6 billion worth of tax cuts over three years. Roughly half of that was between the flat tax and these pregnancy center uh, tax credits. Uh, but the other half were relatively non-controversial and probably would have become law if they weren't log rolled with these controversial right cases. and of
0: course the idea of putting all the as the governor noted the stuff she supported in with the stuff she didn't was to get her to sign it and it 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 didn't work. I think her veto message, she didn't point to any single provision in Senate Bill 8. She just said they had made it impossible to sort the good policy from the bad policy. So,
1: well, And even the, the Crisis Pregnancy Center credit, I mean, that is something I think they could have had the votes for to override her on had it been a standalone bill. And obviously the legislature will kind of never know because the legislature adjourned sine die, um when they left earlier yeah, this so month. You know, what's and, and interesting. if you
2: took a tax cut package that had other things that she agreed with, minus flat tax, minus Genesis, but with the Pregnancy Center credit, she might have signed that. That is also an interesting counterfactual.
1: Yeah. and. She wasn't just vetoing tax policy, folks. Uh, Also on the chopping block was a bill that would have uh, prohibited the KDHE secretary from requiring the COVID vaccine for school or daycare attendance. And also, and this is the more controversial piece that even a lot of Republicans said they could not support, A uh, language that would limit the ability to order quarantines and limit mass gatherings and the. uh And actually, local
0: officials would not be able to do either. They could recommend that you go into isolation, but they couldn't force you. They couldn't send the sheriff out to enforce an order. Um, You know, they couldn't prohibit public gatherings. They couldn't say that a person should, they couldn't even say that a person should quarantine because they're unvaccinated.
1: And this is the latest in a series of these kind of anti-public health measures that we've seen since the pandemic. Jason, does it feel like if legislators could not get this type of bill across the finish line now, they might not be able to as you know, the COVID public health emergency ended this week? Public I mean, feelings I mean, that, that's about COVID exactly what dying two down? Two
2: senators said, uh, Senator Mark Steffen, the Hutchinson Republican, and Senator Mike Thompson, the Shawnee Republican, uh, both said on the Senate floor that... Uh, if if we don't do this now, if we don't learn our lesson as they see it, then it might not be until the next pandemic, if there were to be one, that these lessons well and be a and what
0: what was interesting about uh, the governor's veto message was she kind of vaguely alluded to the Kansas's history as a public health pioneer and. Um, in, and suggested the legislature was going back on that. And a hundred years ago, a little more than a hundred years ago, the state's top health official, Samuel Crumbine, uh, had a, a was highly regarded uh, internationally over his campaigns against unsanitary disease spreading practices, spitting on the sidewalk, uh, use of a common drinking cup, in on railroads and in public buildings the common roller towels um those things all he said spread disease so he was very highly regarded also he gets some credit for what we now know as the modern fly swatter uh that was one of the things he worked on because he also saw flies as spreading disease so you know kansas had has this? I mean, there's a statue dedicated to Mr. Crumbine outside the Kansas Health Institute building, which is right across the street from the Capitol to the north.
1: And he so, was also recognized, I think, on the when they did the, mm-hmm. the top Kansans of all time. At, I don't know, was it at the millennium or uh,
0: the sesquicentennial? the 150th. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, this is a, that this is a state that was known for um, public health initiatives. And the, the governor kind of took a poke at the Republicans who pushed this legislation, suggesting that they were going against, you know, decades of stuff that have say policies that have saved lives across the state. Now, of course, you know, Ty Masterson said this was a blow against health freedom. So Ty Masterson, the Senate president.
2: Well, So I think back to November 2021 when we all had to uh, potentially change Thanksgiving travel plans because of the special session on COVID-19 vaccine mandates. And Governor Laura Kelly, surprisingly to us, surprisingly to Democrats, uh, signed the special session bill. It didn't have a supermajority support, so she didn't have to sign it. Uh, but her reasoning at that time was in part that basically if i sign this we can then move on to other issues well And, and we i mean i wondered at that time like will republicans move on because they vowed to come back in january 2022 and try to push for more and They did come back and try to push for more, but they weren't successful. Look,
0: the conservative Republicans and kind of this uh, uh, anti-vaccine movement out there, uh, they are are not going to stop until public health officials, people who are not directly elected but appointed because of their health expertise they are not going to stop until they have no power to force anybody to do anything. And the anti-vaccine folks are not going to stop until there are no requirements for vaccinations. I mean, it's like, for example, I mean, to be fair to them, it's like the anti-abortion movement. They're not going to stop until there are no abortions anymore. That's the stated goal of that movement. These folks they're arguing that this is about individual freedom, health freedom, um, and therefore, you know, all of these things that allow a public official, somebody who is appointed to a job because of their health expertise, to tell you, you have to go into isolation, or you have to do this, or you have to get this shot, or your kid has to have this shot to get into school, they want to do away with all that. And Those those kind of requirements, you know, the vaccination requirements have dramatically cut the incidence of what used to be standard and often fatal childhood diseases. I mean, a hundred and twenty years ago, whooping cough killed a lot of kids and now it shouldn't. Polio, polio. Um, measles, mumps, all of those, all of those standard vaccinations that kids are supposed to get to get into school—they were all childhood diseases that could, and frequently did, cause death in the early 20th century.
2: Uh, the, this bill did not go through the House Health and Human Services Committee. Uh, Representative Brenda Landwehr, the Wichita Republican who chairs it, uh, refused to advance it. And I believe Andrew, she told you that all these childhood diseases, I don't want to see them coming back. Yeah. And we
1: heard that sentiment from a lot of other Republicans as well. Senator Christian O'Shea of Topeka, a relatively new mother, has uh, espoused that sentiment a lot.
0: Well, and we we should be clear, the bill did not do away with the all those childhood vaccine mandates. Though there was
1: a more expansive bill earlier that would have. That, that would, would have. have. But this one did not.
0: But... Clearly, the anti-vaccine movement—that's
2: where they want to go. I mean, the original version of this bill did away with the university meningitis vaccine mandate for uh, students living on campus. Clearly, they
0: clearly folks have not read Andy Marso's book. Andy Marso, a former Cap Journal reporter, um, and wrote a book about his. Months long battle with meningitis and the serious health problems it created.
1: I recommend it, by the way. It's a great book. Well, we love our current and former CJ colleagues. So definitely a good pickup uh, if you're in need of something to read. If you're in need of something to read, but want it to be, you know.
2: A little bit shorter than a book. Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, <laughs> only a little bit, though. Uh, CJOnline.com has you covered. We have coverage on all of these issues and more in state government world. Uh, We are also on Twitter at CJOnline. You can like us on Facebook or Instagram. And Jason, if they want to hear your musings, where can that happen?
2: At Jason underscore Tid, though there aren't very many musings these days.
1: (laughs) Uh, Same here, but I am am all the same at Andrew Ball, B-A-H-L.
2: And, John, where can they find you? Well,
1: on
0: Twitter, I'm at APJDHanna. And then www.apnews.com backslash. We're doing the hand movement.
1: Kansas with a capital K. And if you want to listen to back episodes of Chillin in the State House, you can find us anywhere fine podcasts are found: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. And we are going to, uh, for once this time, this will be our New Year's resolution in May. Uh, I will do, uh, vow. We're to... too
0: busy with the legislature to make <laughs> resolutions.
1: Well, I, I'm going to try and put our podcast on the CJOnline.com website for folks to access there. Jason. John. Jason. Andrew. What? I don't get a... Andrew. <laughs> you, you've, you're you with me too much. You're sick of me.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Gentlemen, a pleasure as always, even though we got ourselves all worked up on transparency Well, I got issues. myself worked up. You guys remain chill. It, it's you, in you, our you, contracts that we
0: have to You, be, you have to really
2: remain... Obligatory Disney reference. Uh, is Dark Side of the Moon like a lyric from uh, the Mulan yeah, song? Yeah, so, I'll so, make mysterious a mysterious uh, as
0: the dark side of the moon. And,
2: and that's the way this uh, this State Finance Council <laughs> meeting was. It was as mir- mysterious as the dark side of a uh, YouTube live stream that cut out.
0: <laughs> B- mysterious as the dark side of a closed uh, Finance Council meeting.
1: <sighs> that's dark. on that note folks i don't know what to make of that evil laugh yeah that he's got experience with that evil laugh that's concerning yes well folks we will see you next week for another round of jason's maniacal laughs. laughs until then have a great week we'll see you on the flip side